Just imagine, the mightiest heroes of our time. All of them, on one team. The Fire and Water Network proudly presents... JLU Cast. Hello and welcome to JLU Cast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, covering the Justice League Unlimited animated series. I'm one of your hosts, Cindy Franklin. And I'm Chris Franklin, and this episode will be our last episode for a few months as we break to return to the Supermates podcast and the House of Frankenstein. We've got a great one to go out on, and one with a horror-tinged theme, and the return of two favorite characters. But we also have the first prominent role for a character who has strong ties to the Justice League and another famous DC team. So let's download the Watchtower Files on Vixen. Watchtower Files. Vixen was created by writer Jerry Conway and Bob Oxner and was intended to debut in her own self-titled series in 1978 as part of DC's aggressive new publishing initiative, The DC Explosion. Intended to be the first African female hero with her own comic series at DC, Vixen was secretly Mari McCabe. Fashion model by day, crime fighter at night, he used the tattoo totem passed down by her family to conjure the powers and abilities of any animal and protect the innocent. She wore a golden fox mask, thigh-high boots, and long gloves over a blue outfit with a cut-out back. But despite house ads in several DC comics leading up to the month of her supposed premiere, Vixen was canceled in the DC Implosion, a massive cutback of titles forced upon the company by corporate owner Warner Brothers after a disastrous blizzard wrecked havoc with comic distribution the winter prior. So basically, the Batgirl movie of 1978. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> her first issue was printed in Cancelled Comic Cavalcade, an internal publication made up of Xerox copies of Cancelled Comics meant to secure copyrights for DC. The character languished in limbo for the next three years. Conway dusted her off and had her co-star with Superman in Action Comics 521, published in July of 1981, with art by Kurt Swan and Frank Chiramonte. She went back into mothballs for another three years until another team-up with Superman in DC Comics Presents, number 68, April of 1984, also by by Conway and Swan, with Murphy Anderson on inks. Conway finally gave her the big break promised in those house ads just a few months later with Justice League of America Annual number 2, the comic that made me cry. There, Vixen joins the newly reformed Justice League, now composed of heroes who can commit to the team full-time and located in Detroit. Vixen was given a total makeover by artist Chuck Patton, an orange-gold sleeveless bodysuit with plunging neckline, and a brand new do, which is essentially Wolverine up top, dreads in the back, like a comic crazy mullet. <laughs> Vixen stayed with the Detroit Justice League until the team's demise in JLA number 261, April 1987, the sole leaguer standing on the last issue's cover. She wasn't out of service long, eventually following final JLA artist Luke McDonnell over to his new title, The Suicide Squad, written by John Ostrander. Vixen signed up with the Motley crew in issue number 11, published in December of 87, to track down drug smugglers who had murdered some of her friends in the modeling industry. When Vixen tracked down their leader, she lost control and killed him, agreed to stay with the squad until she could curb her bloodlust. There she began a romance with Ben Turner, the Bronze Tiger, but the relationship was tumultuous and ultimately ended. Turner later hooked up with Vixen's much younger JLA teammate, Gypsy, who was apparently going through the Detroit League roster. (laughs) After her time in the squad, Vixen bounced around the DCU for a decade or so, making various guest appearances. Along the way, she adopted a look similar to the one she sports on JLU. Her path finally brought her back to the Justice League in the once again reformed team in Justice League of America Volume 2, Number 0 by Brad Meltzer and Ed Bennis. Since then, with the various reboots, she's been in and out of the Justice Leagues. Who knows what her continuity is this week, but she probably still has the totem and channels the abilities of animals and looks great doing it, as long as she doesn't go back to her JL Detroit hairdo. (laughs) Although Vixen, voiced by Gina Torres, debuted... In other media on Justice League Unlimited, she has gone on to be quite prolific. She appeared in Batman the Brave and the Bold, voiced by Cree Summer. There she was depicted as being in a relationship with Buona Beast. She has made appearances in Teen Titans Go! and DC Superhero Girls as well. An evil version of Vixen named Vamp was a member of the crime syndicate in the direct-to-home media film Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. And of course, that was originally conceived to bridge the gap between Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, but is now out of that continuity as it was eventually released. Another animated series led to some live-action appearances for Vixen. 
The character got her own CWC animated miniseries where she was voiced by Megalyn Ichikunawoke. We're sorry we've mispronounced that, but she later played Vixen in live action on the Arrow series. Mari returned in the Freedom Fighters, the Ray CWC animated series as well. That's hard to say. It is. On Legends of Tomorrow, the team met Mari's grandmother, Amaya Jui, also using the codename Vixen as a member of the Justice Society of America. She was played by Macy Richardson Sellers and joined the cast in the second and third seasons of that series. And I do want to say that I liked this character so much. Um, I was going through a period of customizing Barbies, and I customized a Vixen. I have a Vixen that I've customized. Yeah, yep, yep. It's a, so. And it looks like the JLU version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course it does. I mean, come on. Of course it's the best version. So Exactly. Okay, let's jump into Wake the Dead. Originally aired December 18th, 2004. Story by Dwayne McDuffie and Bruce Timm. Written by Dwayne McDuffie. Directed by Joaquin Dos Santos. With music by Lolita Ritmanis. In the cast, we had Maria Canals as Shira. Spoiler warning. Uh, Phil Lamar as Green Lantern. George Newbern as Superman. Scott Rummel as Aquaman. Oded Fear as Dr. Fate. Gina Torres as Vixen. Robert Picardo as Mazo. Jennifer Hale as Enza, and this time Bruce Timm as Solomon Grundy. Alrighty. At a university in Louisiana, three college students perform a magical rite to summon a power strong enough to protect them from their tormentors. While a demonic cloud appears before them elsewhere, a solitary grave is disturbed with something below wanting out. Back in the dorm room, one of the students breaks the circle and the cloud creature dissipates, pulled back to the void it came from, feeling that their spell was in vain. Two of the students leave. When their leader answers a knock at his door, large white hands bust through and grab him by the head. In the Salem Tower of Dr. Fate, while the android Amazo observes, Aquaman tries to goad Shira's dormant fighting spirit with a trash-talking game of chess. But the once fierce hot girl simply walks away. Shira confesses to Fate's wife Enza that she is lost. No longer commanded Shira Hall of the Thanagarian Empire and no longer hot girl of the Justice League, having betrayed both for reasons she believed were right. Fate senses the disturbance in Louisiana and arrives at Solomon Grundy's grave to find it empty. He alerts the League and Jon Stewart and Mari McCabe are forced to leave Mari's fashion show early and cancel their dinner date to go work as Green Lantern and Vixen. Solomon Grundy is on a rampage in a metropolitan city. Grundy is more powerful than he's ever been before and the two are unable to stop him. Even Superman, who has handily defeated the swamp zombie before, takes a pummeling at the brute's hands. In his tower, Dr. Fate shows scenes from the battle, and Shire is finally urged to act, hoping she can intervene for the sake of her old friend Grundy, who once saved her life. Fate opens a portal to a pocket dimension, and Shire retrieves her magic-disrupting nth metal base. The brutal battle between Grundy and the Leaguers continue, with Superman being thrown through the supports of a large bridge. Shire swoops in and saves a mother and daughter from a perilous dip in the harbor. Green Lantern is startled to see his former lover, but Shire is more concerned about Grundy. She asks for the chance to try and reason with him before more drastic measures are taken. Grundy only briefly seems to recognize his friend Birdnose before slamming her into the side of a brick wall. Dr. Fate tells the heroes that he senses nothing of the Grundy they knew in this monstrous shell. It is only pure chaos magic that drives him. Amazo attempts to use his omnipotent power to teleport Grundy away to another world where he'll do no harm, but the magic-fueled zombie only adds the android's power to his own. Amazo teleports several light years away before Grundy can take more of his power. Back to square one, the leaguers pour it on the mindless beast. Vixen thinks she's finally beaten him when she uses her animal powers to drop a large statue on him, but Grundy rises from the rubble and grabs the boastful heroine. Sarah is able to weaken Grundy with her mace, saving Vixen's life. Dr. Fate theorizes that only the nth metal mace can put an end to Grundy's torment, giving him the destruction he craves. Shara hesitates, fearing all she is good for is to destroy. Green Lantern offers to take the mace and do it for her, but Shira feels she owes it to her friend to bring him peace. She follows Grundy into the sewer he was knocked into and there finds him weakened and dying. She is able to calm him before raising her mace before the final swing. She emerges from the sewer and tells the others that it is over. The press and bystanders arrive, questioning if Hawkgirl has now rejoined the League despite her betrayal of Earth. Green Lantern steps in and tells them in a shock Shira she was never banned from the League. He removed himself from voting, and Superman broke the tie, saying he believed in second chances, but mostly he believed in his friends. A few bystanders began crying traitor, but Shaira stops Green Lantern from defending her, saying that she deserves it. 
When the mother and daughter she saved thanks her, Lantern tells her that she deserves that as well. The heroes walk off together into the waiting sunrise. Okay, so we start off in the dorm room of our three would-be occultists. Despite what they're doing, we see they have a video game console and action figures up on shelves, so nerds. Mm-hmm. They're the real Hellfire Club. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think of the whole, you know, weird science. Yeah, it, ca- it kind of does a little bit, yeah. You know, in the, they're not wearing that, bras on their head, though. And they're not getting, you know, <laughs> yeah. a woman, you know, but they are summoning. There's no know. Kelly LeBrock that comes to the door. It's it's yeah. Grundy. Uh, they talk about making powder from the bones of wolves to make the circle, I assume, and uh, candles from the fat of geckos. So these guys are pretty deep into this. They didn't just, you know, this isn't just some college kids using a Ouija board. You right. Know, they've, they've prepared for this, so... Uh, the one kid specifically mentions destroying Brad Turner, who is constantly giving him swirlies, uh, which, if you don't know, is sticking his head in the toilet and flushing. Uh, Brad Turner was the motorcyclist from Mass, but that's probably just a coincidence, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the grave of Grundy, pulsating as if something underneath is moving, but we don't see the writing on the stone, so we're not quite sure who it is just yet. Right. But right. we'll know here very shortly. They do a nice reveal with this. Yeah. The students have posters on their wall, including one with a Grim Reaper-type giant figure attacking a woman firing forty-five automatics into him. This is a piece of Tim's pulp art that I've seen elsewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. So, Swirly Boy breaks the circle, and I have to wonder, do you think the giant cloud creature was supposed to obey them and destroy their enemies, or was he going to send Grundy, and because the spell was screwed up, then Grundy just came back completely uncontrollable. I don't know. I don't know. It, it makes you wonder. It's like was was Grundy ever really supposed to be part of the equation, or was it just because the magical disturbance was in the area? And see, that's what I wonder too. Because I mean, it's a, in Louisiana. It's in Louisiana University, and they buried him in Louisiana. Because even though usually slaughter swamp's supposed to be in Gotham or whatever, but they buried him in because he's a Cajun zombie. So they buried him in Louisiana. You know. <laughs> Uh, some other art on the wall looks like an upside-down Star Trek Delta symbol, a pseudo-Spider-Man-like character, and a mutant from The Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, on their shelf sits a statue that looks a lot like Hellboy. Yep. Uh, Mike Mignola did design some characters for Batman the Animated Series, including Mr. Freeze, and there's also a poster of Swamp Thing, who never appears on mm-hmm. Justice League officially. Although we did see an alien that looked like him in War World, I think. I think. I think so. One of the ones that had a lot of aliens. The students seem kind of blasé about what they just saw. I mean... <laughs> They're like, well... Yeah, I mean, that's what I get for buying a book of spells on the internet. I mean, there was a giant cloud creature with eyes that come out. Yeah. You know, I mean... <laughs> I, I know they don't feel any stronger, but they did conjure up a demon. Yeah, you know, so, in their dorm room. In their dorm room. I mean, yeah. I mean, can you imagine what their RAs like banging on the door? What are you guys doing in there? Exactly. Uh, they're concerned about they're concerned more about swirlies and wedgies, and the one kid admits he stopped wearing underpants. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so commando swirly. <laughs> uh, they have to have their costumes back to the shop by four, or they lose their deposit. So it sounds like even though they got really invested, this is new to them. Right. You know, they're not right. like practicing occultists. Right. This was just a means to an end. But they have played at this with D&D, no doubt, because when he hears the pounding on his door, the one kid says, geez, Stu, did you forget your dice again? Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. (laughs) This could be the Stranger Things crew in, like, the college years. Yeah. But you think, I hope they would know better. Yeah, surely. Yeah. And then Grundy just punches through the door and grabs him by his head. Oh, yeah. He's he's totally toast. You think this kid's dead? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. It's a great abrupt cut to the credits, too. I mean, it's just very abrupt. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, yeah. oh, yeah. It's just like, ah, and it's dun, 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 dun. You know, it's just the title. So. Oh, he's smushy. Yeah. We cut to Fate's Tower and our team of Defender homages once more. We found out Shaira had been living there. When Fate took Amazo in during the return, and of course Aquaman and Fate were connected since Justice League Season 2's The Terror Beyond, which this is a sequel to. So, Aquaman is trying to goad any kind of response out of Shaira. She's half-heartedly playing chess with him, and he mentions Diana told him she used to regularly beat Batman at it. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. No Bat God here, so that's Mm -mm. nice. She's a better strategist than he is. Yeah. Yeah, well... She pulled the wool over his eyes. Yeah, so, true. So there yeah. You go. yeah. 
But then he says, I should have known better than to expect a proper challenge from a woman. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Blase. If she's feeling blase or not, she still needed to kick him in the nuts. She needed to shove that hook somewhere, didn't she? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he was trying to get a goat. I know he was trying to Because you know her. if Mira was there, she'd be looking at him like, oh, no, you did not just say that. <laughs> oh, she'd be handing him. <laughs> she'd be smacking him upside the head with something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, she's clearly, yeah, again, what better way to get hot girl mad than to discriminate based on her gender? Exactly. But it doesn't work either. Mm-mm. So, I mean, she's clearly lost her hot girl fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he beats her easily, she says, it's just a game. And Aquaman gets mad and knocks the board over with his hook hand. You disgust me. And yeah. she's walking off and she says, join, join the, the club. club. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's you know, unhappy with herself. And you Yeah. Know. I mean, she, and I mean, you kind of, I mean, you, I get it. You yeah. know, I mean, she feels like I ain't got a friend left. I mean, I'm, I'm here at this halfway home for, you know, uh, outcast super beings, but I, you know, I, my people, well, she gets into it in a minute, but you yeah. know, she just, you understand where she's coming from. Uh, Dr. Fate tells him he knew that wouldn't work. And that she's been staying there trying to find herself in a purpose. So, again, Dr. Fate's wayward home for lost super beings. Yeah. So, <laughs> Fate senses a disturbance in the force, finds Granny's empty grave, and calls Jean, although we never see him or hear him in this episode. He really needs to get out of that watchtower. Yeah, well, again, it's going to lead up it's to It's leading up to what's But that's going in on. season three. I know. <laughs> so, we I got know. a ways to go, but it's building, yes, it's building to that. Tyre walks through an. Uh, Ankh portal into a beautiful landscape that is part bluffs and mountains and part fields and flowers. Enza is tending to the garden, but she tells Shaira to treat the area as if it were her home. So they've basically given her the run of this pocket world, and it's got you know great accommodations. Oh yeah, and it, I like it because it perfectly matches that the dual sides of her personality: the fierce, jagged harshness of the rocks. Oh, true. And then combined with the gentle nature of the flowers because she can be real sweet and devoted to her loved ones. I like that. I like that, Christopher. Plus there's lots of sky to fly in. Yeah. Yeah, so it it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And this is when she comes clean. She says Aquaman thinks she's been there too long and Enza tells her flowers bloom when they're ready and she says, I'm no flower and then launches into who she's not anymore and never was. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, when I do my job, people get hurt, people I care about. And then Enza asked her, and what happens when you don't do your job? Right. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's, it's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's whether, you know, you agree with what she did or not, she felt like she was doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, and, and she's dedicated to whatever cause she puts, you know, she goes behind, she's dedicated to it. So we then jump cut to... A fashion show runway? Right. I mean, I didn't expect this. Uh, it's quite jarring. And I'm sure that was intentional. Oh, yeah. They, just to the juxtaposition. Yeah. Right. We see a very stylish John Stewart in the audience looking like Samuel L. Jackson as shaft and casual wear with sunglasses to hide his glowing green eyes. So what did you think of his look? Ugh. No? No. <laughs> 270s? <laughs> I'm sorry, but y'all can get mad if you want. But your shirt doesn't need to be unbuttoned down to your navel, friends. It's not sexy. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a look that these these country boys out here try and pull off when they're in their 50s and 60s up here. And I'm just like, no, no. <laughs> and just no. Okay. It is not sexy at all. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. Vixen walks out as the next model. And apparently she's pretty famous because the crowd goes nuts and she gets her own impressive theme music. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of her dress? Oh, I mean, it's very, you know, very nicely done, very pretty. I think they probably, you know, consulted somebody to actually have actually good-looking clothes. Yeah, you know? they probably did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some some fashion designer somewhere, yeah. Uh, she winks at John, and this is the first indication we've seen that there's something between her and Green Lantern. Right. She's just been a background hero up to this point. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a nice little bit where John goes backstage, and he's making his way toward Mari, and two other models stop and stare at him. So, he's a handsome man. You know? He just needs to change that shirt. <laughs> or at least button it another button or two. Mari says, you're early as she's getting undressed. And he said, I'd say I timed things perfectly. Nice double entendre on the kids uh-huh, show. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Again, kids show. Uh, I like how she already knows why he's back there. And despite the show not being over and their plans for dinner, she's already in her vixen costume. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, so what did you, uh, I, well, we already kind of know, but what did you like think about her design here? I mean, I like, I like the design. I mean, it, it works. I mean, it's very streamlined. Yeah. Like you could actually see her, you know, using it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. a lot of times you see outfits on these women and you're like, no, that would not work. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's got some elements from the Justice League Detroit costume because it's got that basic bodysuit. Mm-hmm. Her her chest area is really open. I mean, it's like, I mean, like again, it's like, wow, I'm surprised. I mean, she's a recurring character and yeah. she's showing a ton of cleavage and down to her navel, you know. But I mean, she does. The only thing I really don't care about, I don't care for her plastered down hair. See, I think it works for her. I, mean, I think it, it frames her face. Yeah, and I mean. It's also, to me, I think one of the reasons they did that is because she's got, she is a, she's a character that has, that's more controlled. She's more, she's not as turbulent as Shaira is. And Shaira mm. has the blowing hair and everything. Mm. So to me, you know. Yeah. She's got a, uh, Mari's got like a more angular face. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it kind of, yeah. And Vixen is more sure in her own skin. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if when they when they did Vixen gave Vixen her extreme haircut in the Justice League Detroit, they weren't thinking of uh, Grace Jones because oh, she true. was huge in the eighties, right? You know, and she was kind of this, you know, this fashion icon, and this she was a model, and she was an actress, and she was a singer, and she was kind of all over the place, right? And so it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't do that then mm-hmm. uh, to kind of, you know, why if they went kind of so extreme with her hair. Of course, this is way, I like her hair way better here than I did Justice League Detroit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it actually, you know, it, it works, but I'm just, I've, I've seen her have different haircuts in the comic that I like better. But yes. it, I still like this one better than the Justice League Detroit. Yeah. And then John shows her up by ringing up his costume. And then I know there's a part you'd like to discuss and how he refers to her in costume, correct? As soon as she puts on her costume, he refers to her as Vixen. In previous episode, you know, and he was, to me, that's showing her respect that, okay, she's at work as Vixen. I'm not going to, you know, show her up that she, you know, that she's Mari. Granted, yes, showing her face and everything else. But when Supergirl is in costume, he constantly calls her Kara, 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 Kara. I'm like, Dude, not cool. Yeah. He respect it. It's a definition of respect, and I have a problem with that. He's dating Vixen. She's a woman. Supergirl's a girl. That's that's what it, that's what he's thinking. You know, again. But I'm sorry. But they they're are on going the Justice League together. They're going into battle together. They're both going into a battle that they could potentially lose their life. He pays Mari respect. He does not place pay that same respect to Kara, and Plus, that's a problem. I bet that that Supergirl has a secret identity that she's more interested in protecting. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of the Kents and, Sup- and Superman's identity. Right. Mari might, people might be aware that Mari is Vixen. I don't know yet. Yeah. I, we might not ever find out. They never call her Mari in this, but later they will. Yes. So I referred to her as Mari when she's out of costume. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's inconsistent, mm-hmm. it? but it does, I mean, but it, it does make it's not something I really like for the character, but it does also make sense for the character too. So, mm. yeah, Vixen is voiced by Gina Torres, best known for the Matrix films, Firefly, and its sequel film Serenity, and the series Suits, and most recently Nine One One Lone Star. She also does a lot of voiceover work, appearing in Star Wars Rebels and Forces of Destiny, as well as playing Superwoman in the almost Justice League sequel movie Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, which we mentioned earlier. So Vamp was in there, and she was there, but she wasn't voicing Vamp. So mm. that's interesting. Uh, Green Lantern and Vixen arrive at the scene of the disturbance, and a police car goes flying through the sky past them. So nice way to introduce the danger. Right. I mean, that's like immediately. What did you think of how they illustrated Vixen's powers? I think it was a nice way to telegraph that to show you which animal she is using. It also shows her touching the totem, and then it envelops her yeah. You know, as she goes forward, I like it. Like the spirit of the animal comes out mm-hmm. and she like kind of merges into it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's a really cool way to show it visually, mm-hmm. how her powers work. It's really slick. I mean, all you, that's all you got to know is, oh, she now she's got the strength of an elephant. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I like their conversation about Grundy. Green Lantern says, he's supposed to be dead. Aren't all zombies by definition dead? Yeah. Great point, Vixen. I guessed in the past he was only mostly dead. <laughs> So uh, then we see Grundy and he's lifting up a bus and Green Lantern says, oh man, don't do it. 
and I couldn't help but think, don't do it. The people in Superman too. Oh yeah. I know as you're, you know, you always point that out that it looks like he's smiling or laughing, but it's, I've argued with you that he's incredulous that they would do that. And that's why Superman can't fathom why somebody would do that. So, but I know you don't like that. No, but we argue about it. So because I'm right. No, you're not. Who knows more about Superman movies than you, me. So there, uh, No roast for you. Green Lantern makes a hand. You just got roasted. Green Lantern makes a hand and catches the bus. He's come a long way. He made a hand. I know. Not just a bubble. He made a hand to grab the bus. Good for you, John. Yeah, it's like. uh, Grundy's grunts are not provided by Mark Hamill, who voiced him in other Justice League appearances, but by Bruce Timm himself. I guess it makes sense if you consider this isn't really Grundy. But just some force in having his body, plus it's much cheaper. Uh-huh. Although, have you seen the video where Mark Hamill's working at the Jack in the Box in the drive-thru? No. Because he got fired years ago from Jack in the Box. Yeah. Because he was he was doing crazy clown voices. Oh. And so, he apparently said something about that, and Jack in the Box in, out in California invited him to come work the drive-thru. So, he was like working the drive-thru, and, and people come up and like, ah! You know, they were freaking out because Mark Hamill. Go well, think use- about this. When we went... It makes me think about that guy that works at the uh, McDonald's in Paris, next town over. Oh, yeah. And it, this guy was just, like, doing his comedy routine. He was doing a comedy routine in the drive-thru. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what is going on? I'm so, yeah. But he was funny. I mean. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, there are some great action sequences in this episode. Vixen touches her amulet and calls on the power of the elephant, slams Grundy through a building, but then he tosses her into an iron fence. And then she used the abilities of a lizard to mend her obviously broken arm. I know that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it. it I, I, you know, I, I keep mentioning th- Stranger Things, but it made me think of the, you know, all the broken arms and oh yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like Ugh. just like yeah. <laughs> Green Lantern looks pissed after Grundy hurt his woman, though. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, but Grundy is able to break through Green Lantern's force bubble. Yeah. So that reminded me of the Grundy-Allen-Scott battles in the Golden Age because Grundy was originally a Green Lantern villain. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he became a Justice Society villain but early on, but he was originally Green-Allen-Scott, Green Lantern's villain. Okay. So, makes sense. Uh, Vixen goes through this great action montage of bouncing off squad cars, swinging on lampposts, leaping off of buildings to catch Green Lantern, who she does call John. She does. But he's hurt, so we'll forgive her. Yes. And there, there's not anybody else around at that moment yeah. either, so we'll forgive her. Uh, and she ain't backing down from Grundy. No. And she says, what'd she say? Come with it then. Yeah. But this looks like a job for Superman. So yeah. <laughs> Superman slides in and knocks him out of the way. But she's put out. Oh, yeah. What she says? I could have handled him. <laughs> you may get your chance, but in the meantime, humor me. So, I thought that was a great exchange, you know. Superman, I mean, but Superman respected her. He didn't say, no, you couldn't. Right. I'm Superman. You know, he was like, you know, I don't even know if I can handle this guy, so just stay back and you might have to hit him next, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's with Vixen, I mean, she is secure in her power, both as a superhero and as a woman. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, she's really good in this series, and we'll mm-hmm. see a lot more of her. Yeah. So I'm, and yeah, so that's one reason I want to do Watch Tower Files because she'll be pretty important on this show. So, uh, but Superman doesn't know this isn't quite the same Grundy he fought before, and Grundy knocks him clear across town. If he wasn't powered by chaos magic, I'd have to call this a not so Superman moment. Yeah. But it's magic. Yes. And so it's Superman. So mm-hmm. they don't mix. So. <laughs> Uh, when fate interrupts Aquaman and Amazo's chess game with news of Grundy's empty graves, the Sea King says, "Tell me who's responsible and dig more graves." Wowza! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I just love how Oded Fear, as Doctor Fate says, "Chaos magic." Yeah. <laughs> just he says it that way every time. Chaos magic. <laughs> He's got a great voice. So, and so you know. Although I gotta say, uh, Pierce Brosnan's looking pretty good as Doctor Fate in that. A Black Adam movie. I mean, that's that's like, ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that casting. That's good. So I'm interested to see how that uh, turns out. Uh, hopefully they won't cancel that movie. Fate, mm. The Rock will come beat them about the head if they try it, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fate shows them the battle, and Aquaman says, they need our help. But Hot Girl says, so does Grundy. Let's get there before the League kills him. 
And I find that line interesting. She knows the league doesn't just kill threats like this. Clearly, she's bitter about them, despite knowing they were justified in no longer trusting her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you know that line was kind of uncalled for in some ways. Because, I mean, you're the one that betrayed them, you know? Right. But when... When even if you're wrong, people are like that, you know, unfortunately, that, you know, that even if if people were justified in treating you a certain way, you still don't like them for it, you know, whether you, you know, so it makes sense. But she's more concerned about helping a friend who sacrificed himself for her life. So when fate opens that portal, she takes up her magic mace, or maybe we should have called it magic dampening mace meter back in the day, first seasons (laughs) of, you know, because it's, you know, that's. Apparently what it is. So he has to keep it there or it would wreck the tower. So it's essentially Mjolnir, but they should have established that early on because Mm -hmm. I mean that, I mean, we kind of knew it was going to be, but it's like in the context of the episodes that you watched, they didn't explain that. Okay. This thing's more than just a a mace with an electric field around it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we later learned, I mean, basically in the terror beyond, we learned that it's this magic disrupting thing. Right. You know, which we didn't know till then. We didn't know till then. Yeah. And, of course, like we stated before, this is Tim and company doing a homage to Marvel's Defenders. Fate is Doctor Strange. Aquaman is Namor. Grundy is the Hulk. Hot Girl is Valkyrie with a bit of Nighthawk thrown in. And now they have Amazo as the Silver Surfer. Yep. So, uh, there are Zack Snyder levels of destruction in this one. And you have to wonder why Superman or Green Lantern didn't try to move this fight out of whatever city they're in. Yeah, and where's the rest of the league? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they show up on a bunch of nanobots or, like, tearing up a a bluff in Nevada. A desolate area. A mesa in Nevada, but there's down a a metropolitan city being wrecked by a uh, rage-filled zombie, and three of them show up. Yeah. You know, so it's like, ugh. Uh, Vixen has to climb a building and save a small boy, and I have to ask, where is this kid's family? He looks like he's four. He's tiny. He's tiny. I mean, just yeah. a tiny. Little. Why is he in there by himself? I mean, did they evacuate the building and leave him? I know. It's not I on did. fire or anything. I know. <laughs> Poor kid. I know. Uh, Grundy does the patented Hulk thunderclap and shatters all the glass in an entire block, knocking Green Lantern backwards, then punches Superman into the supports of a bridge, which begin to collapse. And, you know, why don't they just try to pick him up and dump him in the ocean or on the moon or something? Right. You know, <laughs> just take him just take him out of the city. Jeez. Uh, the scene of the bridge swaying and cars going everywhere is very much like the scene in Superman the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aquaman m- emerges with a giant octopus who stabilizes the bridge. And that scene and the scene of fate leaving the tower earlier in this big onk. Uh, portal is uh, they're both used. It's continually used in the opening credits from then on. Yeah, exactly. And now we're at the opening credits where they're not showing specific scenes from the episodes so they don't spoil it. Well, yeah, no spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. A car with a mom and daughter falls off the bridge, but Hot Girl rips the roof off midair with her mace and the passengers jump to her. It's a great hero moment for her to return to action. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. But more importantly, after she sets them down, she bumps into Green Lantern. Dun, dun, dun. Awkward. Chiara? Mm. Hate the beard. Yeah. <laughs> what a great way to to diffuse the moment. I mean, she's... <laughs> this is the first thing she says to him. Yeah. Like, hi, John. Or it's like, hate the beard. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you shave your head? Really? That's what that Justice Lord guy looked like. What are you trying to do? You know? Yeah. I mean, he didn't have the beard, but he had the shaved head, so... Uh, fate and company appear, and Superman suggests they throw their big guns at him. Himself, Fate, and the android. And you know Green Lantern's like, hey, what the hell? You know, it's like, I got the most powerful weapon in the universe on my hand, you pick. You know, you farm boy. You know, hey, see? Superman asks why Fate led Amazo out of the tower, and he says, I'm curious to see how you would dissuade him. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes where he wants to. I mean, literally. Anywhere he wants to, in, in in the universe, you know, in known reality. So, but Shaira steps in, and she says, "Hold up!" Before Golden Boy teleports him into the sun, I want to try talking to him. Yeah, she flies off, and Green Lantern says, "Shaira, wait!" But, and man, the look on Vixen's face and her body language says she is not happy to see Green Lantern's ex back in the picture, or the fact that he seems really concerned about her. Yeah, I mean, she gets this just like, and she. 
folds her, her arms, arms and, and tilts that hip and like, mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Grundy's not real receptive to her, though, because he stares at her for a while, minute, then slams her into a concrete wall. But there is that moment where he's like, what? You know, yeah. there is a, a, a moment. Yeah, so there's a little bit of him in there, obviously. Right. Somewhere. You know, but why isn't she putty? If not for Aquaman's telescoping hook hand, he would have pummeled her. I know. But I mean, just throwing her into the wall, I mean, it's like, maybe it's holding the mace or the anti-gravity something or another she's got on, which protects Hawkman in the comics, I don't know. Uh, Pate tells him there's nothing of the Grundy they knew in that shell. He's just full of rage. And this reminds me of the Incredible Hulk number 300, where after a period of time where Banner was in control of the Hulk, he changed and was totally mindless. Mm. A group of heroes, including Doctor Strange, tried to stop him from wrecking Manhattan, and Strange noted Bruce Banner's mind was gone. Okay. So I think that's might have slightly inspired this somewhat. Mm. Uh, Grundy's design is only slightly tweaked with red bloodshot eyes. It's it it's minimal, but it effectively says Grundy isn't home right now. Right. So, <laughs> Amazo steps up, but Hot Girl says, "No, don't hurt him!" And he just puts her in a bubble and slides her out of the way. I, I However, mean, he moved the planet Oa. Exactly. So, you know. Exactly. Exactly. He monologues again about he's it. How he's experienced things beyond their comprehension, blah, 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 blah. He'd get to be a real bore after a while. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of like, you know, Stan Lee would write these long soliloquies for the Silver Surfer, so I guess it kind of makes sense. Oh, true. Uh, but then he realizes Grundy is absorbing his energy, so he disappears to several light years away to stop him from doing that. Uh, there was a note in IMDb. Who knows if it's real? It's IMDb. You know, they put stuff out there that people make up. I don't know. But it's said that the creators thought about showing Amazo in the series finale, wondering if enough time had passed for him to return, but they forgot the gag along the way. <laughs> now, I think that's the last time we see Amazo. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Dr. Fate actually calls the android Amazo here for the first time on screen. Amazo was just the name on Professor Ivo's blueprints in his first appearance in Tabula Raza. So he never been called. We called him Amazo because we didn't want to keep saying the android. The android. The android, but he right. wasn't really called Amazo. His action figure was, but now he is. Yeah. I like Vixen's gumption, but why does she think a giant statue is going to take out Grundy if a blow from Superman won't? Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get my drift? I know. She yeah. worked really hard on chopping that base away, enough for that statue to fall over, too, but, you know, Aquaman and, get, Yeah, get, Aquaman tries to help. He gives it a running t shoulder shove and boom. Flat zombie, but Superman even says, no way it's this easy. But she's all cocky about the android doing the cosmic thing, and then Grundy busts through and picks her up like a dead chicken or something. Oh, I mean, yeah. He's got her by one leg and her neck. I know. I mean, it's like, ooh, it looks like, I mean, it looks like at any moment it could just, like, snap her in two. Yeah. It's really kind of unsettling, because he just manhandlers, and, and, and Green Lantern, again, is pissed, put her down, you know, and hot girl, sorry. And Chiara finally strikes Grundy, weakening him enough for Superman to land a good punch. Green Lantern grabs Vixen with his ring. And I like the teamwork here, even when everyone isn't on the same page. Right. They're still reacting to what each other's doing. And right. And trying to other. yeah, trying to make sure everybody's safe. Right, right. That's nice. That's a nice that's a nice move. Chiara says, Don't make me do this, Grundy. But he just keeps coming, so she pummels him with the mace until she knocks him through the street. Into the sewers below. And I we should mention that Hot Girl, well, sorry, I keep wanting to call her Hot Girl. Shaira is not dressed like Hot Girl. No. She's got on a white like tank a top. Tank top and black slacks. Mm -hmm. And when uh, and they're kind of they're kind of billowy enough that when she does that and she like her whole body kind of like bends, she's floating in the air and the, the, the bells of her pants like kind of come up. It's really animated really well. Yeah. It just shows, you know, and her wink course her wings come up. When she does it, I mean, she just, wah, you know, of course, she makes the grunty noise that she always makes. And, of course, Maria Canals is always oh, she's awesome. awesome on here. Uh, and she just nails the hell out of this episode. But never goes back to her hot girl outfit. No. But she does get kind of, uh, she gets her Kill Bill tracksuit outfit. <laughs> that she, that's what she dressed like, Uma Thurman or Bruce Lee. Yeah, You know, yeah. that that's based on. You know, but she gets it. It's just a mid-drift top version. But, yeah, so... Superman says he can't see through all the lead pipes, but Vixen adds, then Pretty Polly can bash him with her magic mace. 
Uh, <laughs> maybe that's where we got it from. Yeah. The magic maze. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fate explains that Thanagarians develop technology to repel magical creatures as seen in the Terror Beyond. It disrupts the magic that animates him. He tells her that the creature knows only rage and seeks oblivion, and her mace may be the only thing that will grant him peace. So we've got an assisted suicide on our hands, basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love the exchange between Green Lantern and Shira, and uh, he's like, what are you saying? Your favorite movie is Old Yeller. You know exactly what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that says volumes about what's going on and the relationship and that she still remembers what his favorite movie is. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's that's just a great shorthand for like, okay, these two know each other. Know each other really well. <laughs> yeah. Shaira questions, is this my destiny to be a destroyer, to betray another friend? And then Fate answers, it's not that simple. It never was. This dialogue maybe should be a bit too purple, but this moment in this moment, it's earned. Yes. It's earned that Absolutely. she would say that. I think yeah. it works. I mean, do you think it works? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, Vixen breaks it up by saying, We could discuss it for another few hours and let him escape. Yeah. <laughs> Aquaman is the voice of re- reason saying, Only she can put him out of his misery and stop him from hurting anyone else, which is, you know, Aquaman, you know, for all his gruff and bluff, you know, he, he can be pretty compassionate. I mean, yeah. the dude cut his own hand off to save his kid. Oh, know, yeah. He cares. You know, it's like, (laughs) so Uh, Green Lantern offers to take the mace and do it for her. And we see again, Vixen isn't too pleased, but Shire was Grundy's friend and it's her responsibility. I like that Vixen's like, really? You know, they're going to talk later. Yeah. The final scene with Grundy and the sewer is quite touching. Despite it being a raging zombie monster, she's about to put down. Uh, We see her raise her mace. And it isn't even on with electricity. Then we cut back to the surface with Green Lantern pacing back and forth. Yeah. And then I will say this again. There's something of the old Grundy. I mean, I know Fate keeps saying, oh, he's mindless. Oh, he's mindless. But he's just like, you know, Grundy's sitting there. He tells him, you know, close, close, close your, your eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah. And he does. He listens yeah. to her. So there's, so there's something there's left There's some of him. of him left in there. Yeah. Yeah. But you kind of don't want there to be because the whole point was that him questioning if he had a soul yeah. and would he go to his reward. So you kind of yeah. don't want Grundy to be in there. So yeah. it's it's like there's an echo of Grundy in there yeah. or something. Yeah. Then the press asks if this will make up for her complicity in the Thanagarian invasion. And does she have any comments about her dismissal from the league? That's when Greenlander steps in and we learn that she was never kicked off the team because he recused himself and Superman broke the tie. Yeah. And, it makes- and he's like, you know, I recused myself because, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's like I'm gonna take up for my girlfriend and say she's in. You know, uh, it makes sense for Superman to believe in second chances and his friends. After all, he was brainwashed into working for Darkseid and attacking Earth. It's Lex flipping Luther. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, yeah, yeah. I mean, this Superman isn't quite as you know Boy Scoutish. You know, he's established. Never got my first merit badge. You know. Yeah. But he's still Superman. I know. I'm sorry. I just can't, you know. I know, yeah. When we get to that moment, we're just going to have to, like, you know, we've mentioned it so many times already. But uh, then the rabble rousers start calling her traitor and they even say hawk witch. I call it this time. Um, she said she deserves some of it and walks past the others, including Vixen, who is giving her a death stare like you wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just like. Ooh, things are getting to get icy, and not and ice ain't nowhere around. Oh, John's sleeping on the couch tonight. By the, way. <laughs> mm-hmm. the mom she saved thanks her and says, "God bless you, Chica Halcon," which is the Spanish translation for "hot girl" seen on all the Justice League Justice League Unlimited figure packaging. Yeah. So I knew that was her name in Spanish. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Green Lantern says, "You deserve that too." And that's a nice way to end it. I bet Vixen gave them another dirty look, though. Again, he's sleeping on the couch for two nights. <laughs> so do you think she should have been welcomed back so easily onto the team? She's been gone. I, I don't know. There, I'm sure that there were some more things that we have not been privy to. We're seeing the hot points, you know? Mm. Yeah, but I mean, based on this, I mean, I mean, she wasn't kicked off the team. No. So, I mean, you know, and we'll see that there's other leaguers that they – well, now that I think about it, mm, moving forward, we'll see a leaguer get kicked off the team, and she kind of did less than Hot Girl did. Uh-huh. So, hmm. 
They playing a little favorites with the original seven there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but she's a founding member, so, you yeah. know, I'm here, so. Yeah, we'll see that one original member, though, is not happy at all that she is back. Right. And, ooh, there's going to be some, woo, there's going to be some, they're going to have to work through some stuff. That's there's going to be some throwdowns. There's yeah. going to be some throwdowns, yeah. So. so, let's get into our superlatives. Power action feature. For power action feature, uh, there's a ton of action in this one, so it's hard to pick. I would probably give it to Vixen's multi-tier move of saving a fallen Green Lantern, you know, where she bounces off the cop car and then swings around the pole and then, you know, claws into the building and then leaps off and grabs him. Cool as a cucumber while she's doing it, too. What about you? I would have to say, come with it then. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, I'm mm, like, that's true. you know, because she's like. Yeah. I don't know, care if you just like, took out Green Lantern. I'm going to fight your zombie butt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I mean, to me, I'm like. You know, granted, it you know it's her saying something, but again, yeah, she is secure in her power. She's ready to come. You know, she's yeah. gonna come at it. I like that. Okay, cool. Rotating chairperson. So, I think me personally, we got to give this to Shira. She is heavily conflicted, but when a friend is in trouble, she steps up. She's determined to do the right thing for this friend despite her self doubts. What do you think? Again. I'm going to go with Vixen. Okay. Because with Vixen, she's like, she's going to do her job. You know, she enjoys her being a model, but she steps up to be there. She knows that John and Shire have a history, but she also, she doesn't say anything really during, she knows, okay, I hate this woman. Yeah. She used to have my man. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to kick her butt, but we're on business. We are not going to have at it. During this, I will hold this for later. I'm going to make him sleep on the couch, and me and her are going to have a chat later. That's called being a professional. So I'm going to fix it. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Okay. Justice League Communicator. Uh, for Justice League Communicator, there are a lot of great lines in this one. I think I would go with the old Yeller line. What are you saying? Your favorite movie's old Yeller. You know exactly what he's saying. Just because it says so much about the characters. What about you? I, I, again, Vixen's line. Come with it then. Okay. All right. So, you know, yeah. that's my power action feature and my communicator. Okay. Well, there you go. That's great. Comic connections. For comic connections, like, a, I don't think there's any direct story connections. Although we have had, you know, stories where Grundy has died, come back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's been in, like, in Starman, he's come back differently and things. So this, I mean, it kind of looked like that. He came back. But it, that's not why it came back differently. It's because of the the enchantment, right? But but you know that there's a little bit of a connection there. But I, like I said, I, I think it's more. We do have the the Justice League defenders, but the the mindless Grundy does remind me of of uh, that storyline with the Hulk. And Doctor Strange ends up sending the Hulk journeying through other realms to get him off Earth, so he can't do any more destruction. Mm. Which I think was probably what Amazo was going to do, but it didn't work out. So yeah. <laughs> Electricity is evil. Electricity is evil, considering Shira's electrified mace ends Grundy's suffering. Although maybe it wasn't turned on, I'm not sure. I think we can say this time that it's not evil. Yeah. So, so, so final thoughts on this one? It's one of those cases that, you know, it, it's a great episode. It shows where Shira is struggling. It shows, you know, where you have this dynamic, where you have this triangle. You've got the start of that, how that's going to mm -hmm. start playing out. So mm -hmm. That'll later become a square. Yeah. <laughs> when they finally bring in a character, you're like, oh, you're finally going to wait, bring him in after we're in the last season and you're going to bring him in? But okay, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a great episode. It's a poignant way to bring Shira back into the fold. I find it funny they make such a big deal about her return when Flash has been absent this whole season, at least vocally. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when he's back, they're like, oh, he was he was always here. He just didn't say anything for a year. Really, Flash? Mm -hmm. Mr. Motormouth didn't say anything? It did hit a little close to home, having to help end the life of a loved one since we had to have our dog, Sugar, put down just a couple weeks ago. Then we went and saw DC League of Super Pets, which is a very fun, surprisingly clever film. But it definitely got us all in the feels. Uh, it's still better than either of the uh, Justice League movies, I think, though, either version. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but, yeah, so not the best timing for us, but it's a great episode, though. So We want to give a special thanks to our Patreon supporters for information on how you can support the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Visit patreon.com slash fwpodcast. 
Extra special thanks to Jorge Luis Castillo, Matt Ryan, Neil Whitney, Jeff Owens of the Classic Horrors Club podcast, and David Capoon for specifically supporting JLUcast. You guys are going to have to uh, go back to uh, Fate's Tower and, uh, you know, going to have to help tend the garden with Enza. So that's not a bad gig, you know. Yeah, or, you know, play chess. Or play chess with Amazo. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, when he gets back. Ooh, I think I'd rather play with Amazo than Aquaman. Because <laughs> if you beat him, he's going to get pissed. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Amazo could just make you teleport away or just dissolve you or something. Yeah. You know, disintegrate you, so... So that'll do it. If all goes according to plan, we'll have some special JLU cast episodes in November that will prepare you for our season one finale coverage, which will be coming in December. Yes. So we're going to have a few special non-Justice League episodes that are about other DCAU shows in November if everything goes according to plan. Then we'll finish the season up in December. Yes. So that's our plan. Next month, as we said, it's back to the House of Frankenstein. So here's a sneak peek on what thrills and chills await you this Halloween. So, see you in September. Bye. Bye. Your Halloween headquarters for the greatest podcast selection of classic horror films. The House of Frankenstein. Do haunted houses scare you? They're mortar, stone, and wood. Visit fireandwaterpodcast.com for your favorite monsters and stars. Lon Chaney Jr. Creature that's been alive for over 3,000 years is in this town. And it's brought death with it. George Zuko. If you were to kill me, you're leaving at large a monster that only I can control. Peter Cushing. Is that what you want, Count Dracula? A last blaze of utter horror and violence. Christopher Lee. Revenge has spread over centuries and has just begun. Boris Karloff. Colin Clive. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. And Don Knotts. So what is brave? How should I know? I'm chicken. Plus, only at Supermates Podcast, your favorite comic superheroes versus fiendish monsters. Wonder Woman, Superman, we meet again. You must pay for burying me. Check your local podcast listings for a location near you. All treats, no tricks. And you're chicken if you miss the house of Frankenstein. JLU Cast is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises worldwide and is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright their respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders and no infringement is implied. So please don't sue mommy and daddy. Emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com. Comments can be left at firewaterpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook by searching for JLUcast and FW Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter by using the hashtag FWPodcast. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to JLUcast. Shayera? Hate the beard. <laughs>